Welcome to the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm a fashion designer turned stay-at-home mom, and I'm fascinated with our society's toxic norms, systems, and ideologies. On this podcast, we're going to have vulnerable conversations about how these systems have reduced us to just a body, profited off our insecurities, and perpetuated cycles of patriarchy and greed. We'll also hear from experts to get a holistic understanding of just how damaging these systems are and why we need to push for change. So from photo filters to gender roles and everything in between, no topic is off limits. Come with me as we pull back the curtain and challenge these everyday issues. It's time to get real with each other and start disrupting the societal constructs that don't serve us. It may not always be pretty, but it will definitely be unfiltered. and welcome back. So funny little story for you that has nothing to do with today's topic, but I thought I'd share anyway. (laughs) I'm still laughing at myself because I just spent the better part of the morning trying to use all these apps to get a photo and like overlay a video and all the things and then uploading it and having to upload them in the right size. And I'm sure this just makes, I'm sure this just like ages me or broadcast to the world that I'm like technologically challenged, but it is so much harder than just recording the podcast, editing the audio, you know, uploading to the the hosting sites, like all of the things. I feel like the content, the social media content part of it is way more challenging for me than the actual podcast. So anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about fast fashion Because over here in Houston, we're really quickly approaching summer. I mean, we've had some really beautiful days, which is so nice because I feel like in Houston, it usually goes pretty quickly from cold to really hot. But we've had some beautiful days, but the weather's warming up. So I've started cleaning out um, the house and my closet for summer. And does anyone else do this? I mean, I know that term spring cleaning or whatever, but I kind of do it every quarter, right? Like every season I'll go through the house and my kids' toys and all that stuff. But I go through my closet and to see what gaps I need to fill. And so I'll do like a little editing. I will clean out before I start buying new things Um, because I love, like love to shop. (laughs) But I do try at this point in my life to try to shop with intention because I don't want to end up with a lot of stuff that I only kind of like or end up having things that have stipulations. Do you know what I mean? I used to be kind of bad at getting caught in the rut of getting something that I liked, but that I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing if I was bloated or something that I would have to get some kind of like specialty bra for, or I don't know, something that wasn't practical for X, Y, and Z, like fill in the blank. So, I mean, getting dressed should be fun and it should be creative and it shouldn't be complicated. So I'm much better now about being more conscious of what I buy so that I don't end up getting pieces that I hardly ever wear because that's ridiculous and wasteful. So I don't know if you're in the same boat as me, but it's it's working out pretty well. But in doing that, that got me thinking about clothing. So I thought it would be a good day to talk about our relationship with fast fashion. I'm sure you've probably heard that term before. And so maybe some of you know what it is. Maybe some of you don't. 
So for those of you who don't, fast fashion came about in kind of like the late 1990s, early 2000s. And basically it's clothing that's made quickly and cheaply in order to keep up with the latest trends. And so at first glance, that sounds great, right? Affordable, trendy clothing? Like, hey, sign me up. (laughs) But even though fast fashion is cheap, we actually pay a really high price for it. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So the social and environmental impact of fast fashion are devastating. And when talking about that with your average consumer, I don't think that's something a lot of people are even aware of. And that's completely intentional, right? I mean, if we knew all the backstory, if we kind of pull back the curtain and see the behind the scenes, it would probably change our buying habits. So let's start with the social aspect. To put it simply, cheap garments require cheap labor. And where do we get cheap labor? Definitely not here. So we outsource to places like Bangladesh, Indonesia, Cambodia, India, China, right? And clothing manufacturing is outsourced to these areas because the labor is cheap and there aren't as many regulations when it comes to the environment or factory conditions. But that creates a really bad situation for the people that work in those factories. Because a lot of times garment workers are actually exploited. They work long hours, they have little to no worker protection, and on top of that, they aren't even paid a livable wage. So this keeps an already vulnerable group of people trapped in the poverty cycle. And to make things worse, according to the Global Slavery Index, garments were categorized as one of the top five imports, quote, at risk for being produced by trafficked laborers, end quote. In addition, fast fashion and child labor go hand in hand. So child labor is illegal, right? But unfortunately, in these impoverished countries, families depend on children to work and to bring home, you know, whatever they can. So children get exploited by companies looking to increase their margins. According to the International Labor Organization, 170 million children are victims of child labor, and many of them are working for the garment industry. So this has undeniably become a human rights issue. And I know this is hard to hear and kind of to digest, but when we buy from these companies, we're complicit in the exploitation. And so the first people I think that are at fault are the companies for doing this, right? And it's really easy for them to turn a blind eye to this. And they get around this by not really maintaining like oversight over the factories. So they may work with like a reputable factory because no company is going to say, oh yeah, I condone child labor, no problem. Or yeah, human trafficking, let's do it. But they may work with a reputable reputable factory, but then to meet the demand for production, sometimes factories will outsource to smaller factories that really have no regulation, no one knows what's going on over there, no one cares or is asking what's going on over there. And so that's kind of how those things slip through the crack and people start, people end up getting exploited. But that being said, if we're the ones creating the demand for, for these products, I mean, of course they're going to supply it, right? So we really all have a responsibility to help change this. And so let's touch really quickly on the dangerous working conditions for a second. Do you remember the Bangladesh incident in 2013? That was where the Rana Plaza factory collapsed, killing over a thousand people. I mean, these kind of tragedies happen quite a bit. That one got more publicity than some of the other ones, but... This is happening all the time, and these tragedies are preventable. But when companies are squeezing manufacturers to produce more, faster, cheaper, I mean, there are going to be consequences, right? 
And it's always the most vulnerable, which means women and children, who suffer. So a lot of these garment workers work really long hours. We're talking 14 plus hours and usually seven days a week. And typically they're working in unsafe and unsanitary conditions. Think about all the threads and all the toxic particles flying around. You know, if you're working in a dilapidated factory that's not even close to being up to code and there's no ventilation, workers end up breathing in hazardous particles all day. And these workers have little to no rights. When abuse occurs, who can they go to? No one. You know, in fact, many times workers are punished for speaking out or failing to meet their quota. And in terms of the impact on the environment, it's pretty severe. So I'm going to throw a few stats at you really quickly. Fashion is the second largest water-consuming industry in the world. And you know that favorite pair of jeans sitting in your closet? To make it, it produced the same amount of carbon emissions as driving a car for 80 miles. And guess how many of our textiles end up in landfills or being incinerated? 85%. And this is hugely problematic because now so many garments are, and this is getting even more problematic because now so many of our garments are made with synthetic fibers, meaning that the fibers are made from fossil fuels. And so those fibers won't decompose and break down. So our favorite polyester blouse we wore one time from Forever 21 is probably going to outlive us. And garments contribute to chemical pollution because many of the fabrics are treated with dyes and chemicals to give them properties that we like, right? And make them soft or having some kind of wax type finish on denim or something like that. But that water waste, especially in countries where there aren't a lot of regulations, that gets poured back into our water sources. And the chemical pollution also affects the soil. So our environmental position is already in a really scary place. And the hyperconsumption of fast fashion isn't helping. So why are we so tempted to indulge in fast fashion? I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I love to shop and love to have a new outfit. And I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Like it's nice to have new things and to have them easily accessible and affordable, right? I mean, it's kind of like all this now is at your fingertips because before trends were taken from the runway and it took a really long time to translate those trends into products for your everyday consumer. You know, what you were going to see on the runway, you weren't going to see in Target for like a really long time. But now with companies like Shein, Forever 21, Zara, I mean, the list goes on and on, you can have an outfit that's identical to the one your favorite celebrity is wearing at an affordable price almost instantly. But that creates another problem, right? Because the clothes are made cheaply, they don't last long. And we've kind of gotten into this like throwaway culture because since they are cheap and so accessible, if your new top falls apart in the wash or becomes irrelevant two weeks from now, we think, ah, no big deal. We didn't spend that much on it. So we just toss it, right? And even if you did donate, most of these clothes ended up in the landfill anyway. So either way, even if you had the best of intentions, into the trash it goes, right? And we become a culture obsessed with consumption and keeping up with the Joneses. And having access to the latest and greatest at an affordable price makes us feel good. Much like with beauty standards, materialism is sold to us in the same way, right? Get the outfit and you'll be happy. 
get this outfit and project to the world that you are successful and beautiful and fill in the blank. (laughs) Again, it's just the same BS over and over. And really the only one benefiting from this are the companies that are profiting off of this, right? We don't benefit from it. I mean, yeah, we feel great in our new outfit for our date night, but then what? I mean, (laughs) our life hasn't changed. It's not any different, right? I do want to take a quick second and make a disclaimer because I never want to shame someone for their choices. And I think it's super important to recognize that many people don't have choices in the first place. You know, for some people, probably many people, being that our country doesn't pay a livable wage, buying fast fashion is the only option. And accessibility to fast fashion is the only option. And I get that, right? I completely understand that for the single mom who has to feed and clothe three kids, buying the sustainable, ethically made shirt for $60 a pop isn't an option. And honestly, it wasn't always an option for me either. So I I do understand that and I do acknowledge that. Again, this is never meant to make anyone feel shame or to feel like they're being judged. This is just to open our eyes to things that are kind of going on behind the curtain that maybe we didn't know about. But for those of us who have a choice, I mean, let's think about the decisions we're making and the consequences of those decisions. And I think for everyone, we need to just get away from the mindset that clothing or anything really, but clothing, is disposable. So now that I've given you all that, I'm going to drop a bomb on you and tell you who the biggest players in fast fashion are. I'm so sorry. I know you're cringing because I know you don't want to hear your favorite brand on the list, but you're cringing and so am I. So it's Zara, Topshop, H&M, Forever 21, Gap, and Shein. And I'm not going to lie, the Zara one really hurts my heart personally. (laughs) So now that I've completely depressed you, what can we do, right? How can we go forward and make better choices if we have the option to make different choices, right? So for those of us that can, look up slow fashion brands or Google brands that are ethically made and or sustainably sourced, okay? Those are some good keywords. And yes, it is going to cost more, right? Which for many of us means being able to buy less, but... I mean, is that such a bad thing? I mean, for most of us, we wear 20% of our closet 80% of the time. So we already have so much crap that we don't even need, right? Another thing you can do is have a capsule wardrobe. So this is pretty much what I have. But what that means is that most of your pieces can be mixed and matched to maximize how many outfits you can get out of your closet. And another thing we can do is to buy clothing made in countries that have environmental regulations like the U.S. and Canada or to buy garments that are made from natural fibers or that are low in water consumption. Uh, Linen is an example of that. Another thing we can do is thrift, like go back to thrifting, right? And then that way too, if you are buying those fast fashion brands from thrifting, at least you're kind of extending the life cycle of it, right? And probably the last thing I would say is when you have an event or if you you know, if you're going on vacation or something, there are so many clothing subscriptions out there now where you can just rent outfits for a week and then you return them. So then you're not really creating any waste at all. Um, This is not an ad. I'm not getting paid to say this, but personally, I like rent the runway when I need to dress up, but they, they do have casual clothing as well. And in my research for this episode, I found this really cool app, but also a website and it's called Good On You. 
And I'll link this website in my show notes, but basically you can search your favorite brand and see how they're doing in like the ethics department or environmentally. So basically Good On You has a rating system and you can kind of see how your your favorite brands are doing on that. And the very last thing I want to mention before we wrap up is that I would really recommend watching the documentary, The True Cost. So I saw this several years ago and honestly, I still think about it. As always, I've linked all my sources in the show notes, but I think visuals are always just more impactful. And this one will definitely make you reconsider your buying habits. So before we sign off, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. At this point, we're several episodes in, and I just want to say thank you for showing up every week and thank you for your support. And I also want to say that, again, I'm here learning and unlearning right along with you. I think I mentioned this before, but I definitely have clothing from fast fashion retailers, some of which are pieces I really like. I never want you to feel like I'm up on a pedestal judging everyone because I have this figured out and make all the right decisions all the time. I mean, that's that's just not that's just not reality. You know, I'm evolving and aspiring to do better and make better choices. And, and I'm excited to do that together. So thank you again for your support. And I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this resonated with you, join me in the movement as we shift our mindsets together. You can find more Pretty Unfiltered on social at the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I can't wait for our next chat, and I'll see you next time.